0: The Live with Squacky podcast is sponsored in part by Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver and Antland Productions. It's definitely summer, and it's definitely hot here. Virginia has some weird weather, you guys. It can be in the 70s one day and 95 the next. I think it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't so humid out. The humidity just makes it blah and uncomfortable to be outside. Anyway, how are you guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Live with Squacky. I'm your host, Val Kelly, otherwise known as Squacky Voice. This week's episode of Live with Squacky is part two of my interview with Paul Strickwerda, otherwise known as Nether Voice. Voice actor, blogger, coach, and all-around great guy. You won't want to miss the interesting info he shares in the second half of our interview. Let's dive right in. You have a new book coming out, too, which will cover the theme of the self-sufficient voiceover. Can you tell us about that?
1: Perfect segue, because we just talked about that. I think a lot of people make themselves way too dependent on forces that they do not control, like the pay-to-plays or even their agents. They wait for the work to come in, then they start doing the work, and if it's not coming, if they're not successful guess who's to blame? Oh, it's the agent who never calls me. Oh, it's the pay to play. No, that's has is the system that's rigged and they'll never give me a chance and things like that. Well, that's so lame to blame other people for your lack of success. It's so easy to have others do the work for you, but it makes you dependent. The irony is that we are mostly hired as independent contractors. So I have interviewed and studied quite a few successful colleagues and they've all had the same challenge. How do you build a long-term sustainable business in a gig economy? How do you find stability? And the answer is simple. You've got to become self-sufficient. That means that you have to become a job magnet. You attract the work instead of you having to hustle each and every day to find work. The question, of course, is how do you do that? And that is what my book is all about. And That's all I'm going to tell you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Well, I can't wait for that to come out and bring it. It's great. Good. I'm very excited. What or who inspires you?
1: I love that question. You know, I've done many interviews and nobody's ever asked me that question. <laughs> and I could think of lots of people, but you probably wouldn't know them because they live in the Netherlands and they're world famous <laughs> in the Netherlands. <laughs> but overall, when I think of what inspires me, it's really simple. It's people being nice to people. That moves me more than anything, because you know as well as I do that this world can be a cruel and dark and unkind place, especially social media, where some people get bullied over nothing, people think that their self-respect depends on the number of likes or not likes they get, and it's cold and it's sad. I think this world does not need more gazillionaires and billionaires, but we need people who are kind to others and who are kind to our planet. So whenever I watch a television show where people are nice to each other, I tear up. I become such a mush at my age. I'm 57 now. The older I get, the easier I'm moved. But people being nice to one another That's what I like about, uh, let's say, go to voiceover Atlanta, where every year they honor somebody by turning them into a unicorn. And these are people that have been nothing but kind and helpful to other people in their business. They didn't do it for the money. They did it from the kindness of their own heart. They shared their experiences and their knowledge. And they became from a colleague, they became a friend. If you're listening, if you've never been to one of those voiceover conferences, please go and you'll find out that we have the warmest, nicest and kindest community you can ever imagine. The only thing is that there is a big hangover at the end when you return to your home. (laughs) Because I remember going to VoiceOver Atlanta the last time and I was surrounded by a sea of warmth and love and creativity bursting with positive energy from my colleagues. The moment you step out of the hotel, you go back in the real world where people don't even greet you, don't even acknowledge you, they don't look you in the eye especially you come to the airport where everybody's afraid and you're being searched and it's such a hard, cold world. So what inspires me is people just being nice to one another and helpful and kind.
0: I agree completely. And I have had that same experience at VO Atlanta as well as my own conference, Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver. But before I started my own conference, I attended VoiceOver Atlanta quite a few times. And Gerald really does put together a great event and he has done such a great job over the years of having these sessions and having this experience where, like you said, you go and you're surrounded by all people that are doing the same things that you're doing. And it is so inspiring because you feel like these are my people, you know, (laughs) this is where I belong. And it is a real eye opener, I think, when you leave, because then you, like you said, you have to go back to the real world and you're like, why doesn't everyone around me understand what I'm trying to do? (laughs) Why can't everybody just be a voice actor so I can have those same conversations? And yeah, I love events like that because it's so great to have those conversations. And it's such a learning experience, even just The hallway conversations that you have with people are just so memorable afterwards.
1: Especially when you contrast it to the lonely life that most voiceovers lead, right? Because we do work (laughs) by ourselves. I mean, I'm that old school that I used to go into studios where you had a sound engineer and a director and the client was there and the copywriter. And they all gave you feedback and all different feedback, but that's a different story. But you got to meet people, go places, and now... It's one of the curses of the home studio. I don't get around much more. And then when you step into that sea of colleagues, that is a voiceover conference, I never forget my first one. And I thought that people were enthusiastic about my blog. They wrote about it. But I had no idea what the impact of my blog had been and has been on people's lives because the moment I stepped through the doors of the hotel, I heard, oh, there's Nether voice. there's Paul, how are you? I just <laughs> read your blog and I have to tell you. And then you should tell something very nice about right. them and how what I said spoke to me. And to me, it's great feedback, too, because otherwise i just dump words in a, an empty hole and, you know, <laughs> you don't know where it lands. <laughs> And uh, every guitar has strings, but also a resonator box. And without the resonator box, the strings don't make much noise. And so hearing these people say these things, that kind of resonated with me and made me happy, of course, because I knew that I wasn't wasting all that time preaching to the choir, you know, because that's what people tell me all the time. Oh, you're just preaching to the choir or whatever. (laughs) no. Well, sometimes the choir needs a good sermon too, of course, but there's more than that, that you don't hear and don't see, but that experience in person when we meet in person. There's nothing like it.
0: Yeah, absolutely Well, this year has definitely been an interesting year for conferences and switching my own to an online event for 2020 was, it turned out to be a great experience actually. And then for 2021 as well, we're hoping that's going to be a great one too, but it's definitely a different experience having it online, but I I can't wait to do it in person again, hoping for 2022 we'll be back in person. Yeah.
1: yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay.
0: For sure. What's your favorite travel destination? And do you have any travel plans now that things are sort of getting back to normal?
1: Now, you know I'm from Holland, so can you guess what my favorite travel destination would be? (laughs) (laughs) It has to be the Netherlands. It can only be the Netherlands. It was where I was born, raised, and educated, where my family lives, where a lot of my dear friends still live. The country that I left behind in a whim. Nobody understood why I was going 20 years ago. Uh, The country that I miss so much, the longer I'm away from it, the more I miss it. I miss the food. I miss the landscape. I miss the people. I miss drinking beer in the canal. (laughs) I just miss hearing Dutch spoken all the time. I miss talking to people who have the same frame of reference as I have. Because when I talk to people about my youth and my past, uh, they don't understand it because They haven't seen Dutch television or Dutch theater and they don't know what I'm talking about because it's unknown. Whereas in Holland, when we talk about American television, everybody knows Friends and shows like Cheers and even Gilligan's Island. You know, you guys have got it easy because American culture has permeated the entire world. Yeah. Whereas if you would have to name one Dutch band or one, people get to Van Gogh and Rembrandt, that's about it. They don't know much about Holland. And I miss talking to people who have that frame of reference and sure. the same down-to-earthness that we feel in Holland that people tell that I also have in my blog. You know, tell it the way it is, mm-hmm. not sugarcoat it, be very direct, but in a positive and uplifting way. That's the no-nonsense conversation that I have with people. And uh, I can't wait to come back next year.
0: If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why?
1: That was one of the easiest questions for me to answer because I already have a superpower. (laughs) I have an invisibility cloak.
0: Oh, perfect. People hear
1: me, (laughs) but they don't see me. I can teach them. I entertain them and help them fall asleep or I keep them awake sometimes. I give people new ideas. I inspire people. I hand the practical tools to make them better at what they do. And I all do it with the power of my voice. My voice is my superpower. That's why I'm a voiceover.
0: Perfect. That's a great answer. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what are some of the biggest obstacles that you faced since starting in the industry, and how have you overcome them?
1: I think that's such an important question, because when people listen to me and hear my story, oh, he came to the United States 20 years ago, and I had two suitcases and a plastic bag, didn't know anybody and everything, they think it's all... Great now, and that I'm doing super well, and it's all this big success of this famous blogger, blah, blah, blah. But it was hard coming to the United States on a whim, literally, because I had left a broken relationship. I'd been married to the same person for almost 15 years, and something happened in the relationship that made it break, irreversibly broken. The person I had loved dearly with all my heart, and I was thinking of growing old with that person, having kids with that person. And that didn't happen, so I left everything behind, really. Literally, my job, my friends and my family, and I came to the United States. In Holland, I had a very successful business, teaching those seminars on personal growth and development. And before that, I had been in broadcasting for 25 years as a journalist, the news anchor. People knew me. I had a kind of a reputation, whatever that's worth. But I, I came to the United States. I wasn't even allowed to work because I came as a tourist on a tourist visa. My first job was as a waiter. I was paid under the table in tips, of course. So I came from running a business, making a six-figure income, to having to rely on tips. It was quite a change, as you can imagine. What did I learn? What did I have to overcome? How did I survive? I think one of the big things for me is by not complaining about the situation, but using it as a learning opportunity. Because as a waiter, you learn a lot about people and about selling. I found out, for instance, I had no idea this was the case, but people were charmed by my accent. To me, it was normal, but to them, it was something very special. We always had this little back and forth with my uh, people who came to my restaurant. They tried to figure out where I was from. I said, if you can figure it out before the end of the meal, I will pay for your dessert. And I worked as a waiter for about two years, and those times I only had to pay two desserts because nobody could figure it out. (laughs) But I learned that people found my voice interesting and engaging, and together with my European manners, I found out that I was able to sell people food and wine they didn't even know they wanted, (laughs) which is a super, super valuable skill to have starting a business. All these people from all over America came to restaurants because it was quite a good one. Had a good reputation, so I learned about different American accents, but also other countries. People came, and I also learned about Americans that I never knew were famous because they also came to the restaurant. This was in Lambertville and New Hope, Pennsylvania. And one day, one of my fellow waiters just knocked me on the shoulder and said, did you know who you just served? And I said, no, I have no idea. Well, that was, I even forgot his name right now because I'm not interested in what he does, but (laughs) that was the manager of the Phillies. Okay, I said, who are the Phillies? Well, then I got an education on American football, I think. (laughs) But these people liked that I treated them because I didn't know them like ordinary people. And that's exactly what they wanted. And that's another lesson I learned. You know, you got to treat people like people, no matter whether we or society puts them on a pedestal. They are normal people who go to sleep, eat, drink, go to the bathroom, just like you and I do. They have their own same needs. They just make a little bit of more money and we'll see them in the papers more often, but they're just like people like you and me. So treat them like that as well. Yes, that was a big obstacle for me. Coming to the States, being completely unknown and finding my way and starting my business from scratch. That has been going on for about 20 years now. Man, I can't believe it's 20 years.
0: That's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What would you say some of your biggest successes have been since starting out as a freelancer?
1: I think it depends on the definition because that's something very interesting that I love about words. We can use the same words but have a different understanding of that word. So, For instance, when I say the word vacation, all kinds of images come to your mind that might be so different from what I think of when I think of vacation and yet We think we know that we're talking about the same thing. We're not. So it's the same with success when some people think about success as, you know, a lot of money in the bank, a big Mac mansion, a great minivan in the door, and four kids, a picket fence and a dog and a wonderful wife and things like that. But for me, I learned my definition of success from someone that I interviewed in my career, and his name is Deepak Chopra. Oh, wow. If you're into self-help, if you watch Oprah Winfrey a lot, then you're probably familiar with Deepak Chopra, who's a doctor from India who came over to the United States, has a center of healing in San Diego. Very good speaker, very good writer. And when I interviewed him about success, he looked in the eye with his dark brown eyes and said, Paul, success is really the continuing realization of goals worthwhile pursuing. The continuing realization of goals worthwhile pursuing and I fell in love with that definition so it's got got three things you have to have concrete goals that get you up in the morning these goals need to be meaningful to you and meaningful to the world that's what makes them worthwhile and you need to keep on pursuing them you need to constantly work at them so one of my goals was to have a sustainable and meaningful career in life and I think I have that Another goal for me was to inspire and help others become successful, to pass on what I've learned. That's what I'm doing right now. That I'm talking to you, passing on what I've learned, because I think if you have information and you don't share it, it's a waste. It's egotistical just to keep it to yourself. You want others to benefit from that information too. So every day I get emails from people and they say, you know, you've written something that has touched me and that has made me think. And to me, that's so fulfilling to know. Then I know that I'm on purpose and that I'm fulfilling my goal another goal of mine was simply to meet and befriend interesting people from all over the world and I got to tell you if you want to befriend and meet interesting people from all over the world you got to start writing a blog or do a podcast because we're so connected with people I could literally go to Newark airport step on any plane to any destination Walk out and call a voiceover friend for wherever it is that I land and have coffee with that person. They'll probably invite me over to their house, offer me their guest room and a meal, and we'll have a great talk and then I can go back home again. So more than having a lot of money or stuff I don't need, I collect meaningful relationships and meaningful memories. And to me that's the greatest treasure that any person can have. And my blog and my book have opened all these doors to me, I mean, people ask me to speak at their conferences, do workshops, do interviews like this one. It's just it blew me away, the effect of that. You know, it's often compared to that ripple in the pond. You threw a pebble in a pond, you don't know what will happen, but there's a ripple effect. And it goes on and on and on. You see rings in the water that reach more and more people, and it's absolutely beautiful.
0: You've done so great, and you have so much really valuable information to share with everyone. And it's, it's just so nice to have this chance to chat with you about it. I really...
1: Well, likewise, I appreciate that so much because, <laughs> as you can tell, I, I love sharing that. Not because I love talking about myself. I sometimes do. But I feel that people can look at my life as an example and say, well, if Paul can do it, I certainly can do it. Because <laughs> You know, when you think of it, I am not a big deal in the voiceover community in terms of what I do of my voice. I'm not the voice of a big network, because who would hire a Dutchman, you know? <laughs> That's not going to happen in America. I'm not the big movie trailer guy. I'm not big on uh, video games, things like that. So what I do as a voiceover is pretty limited, and it's certainly not my claim to fame. And I'm completely fine with that, because I do lots of other interesting voiceover work that I love so much that makes my life very satisfying. But people will know me, and they will say, yes, that's that blogger, right, from the Netherlands who tells it like it is. And for me, that's just a great compliment.
0: That is really great. Yeah. To finish up, can you tell a story about something really memorable that's happened in your voiceover career so far that's made a positive impact on your life?
1: Yes. I, there's two things that people probably know me for more than anything else, and one is really my blog, my writing, and the other one is that they've heard that I almost died three years ago As I was doing voiceovers in my studio. I'll I'll tell it super quickly because I'm sure a lot of people have heard it before. But I was working right where I'm now in my studio doing a voiceover and I got a stroke. So think of that. I was alone in the home, soundproofed booth, nobody I could reach. And I was quickly using up all the oxygen that is in my booth because I don't have a ventilation system in my booth. My ventilation system is the door that I open and close. (laughs) So I was fainting. But, you know, it's a whole long story. Eventually, and luckily, I got rescued through the intervention of my wife, and I was medevaced in a helicopter to a stroke center, and the doctor saved my life. Wow. Now, when I woke up after that operation, I could barely speak because I had lost a lot of brain cells that never grow back, by the way. Oh, no. And that's uh, that's a big problem if you make a living talking, you know. Yeah. If you wake up and say, I can't speak anymore, I could, I couldn't even form thoughts coherently. That's kind of brought me into an existential crisis because what do you do when you're voiceover and you've lost your voice that may never come back? And I thought about it for a long time and I came to one conclusion. That no matter what would happen to my voice, I would still have a voice through my writing. And that was a huge relief, because my voice is still not back to what it needs to be. I had years of speech therapy, and thank goodness, as you can tell, I'm a pretty good talker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But I had to start with words, and words became sentences, sentences became paragraphs, paragraphs became chapters, and chapters became books, and now people can't shut me up. But, <laughs> but still, you know, I was at that point in my career, I said, know, yeah, this is it, it's over. It's not yeah. going gonna, gonna to be anymore. But now I'm in a transition where I feel that my voice is back, but I have lost the stamina that I used to have. I cannot do sessions of four or five hours of sh- shouting and doing video games. I don't know how these people do it, but my voice is good for an hour. Then I have to stop, do some editing, and continue for another half an hour, and then I'm done, really, for the day. Yeah. Game over. So now I know that no matter what will happen, I can still write and connect with people through my writing, and that was a huge relief. Now, the second positive thing was that I discovered the power of our community. As soon as I shared what happened to me on social media, all my friends... And I really call them friends in the friendly way, not in the Facebook way, but in the friend way. Reacted with an outpour of love and kindness that I'd never experienced before in my life. And that got me through the most difficult moments. You know, if you've ever been to a hospital, the nights are pretty tough because it's super quiet. The only thing you hear is the whispers of the, the nurses, the reanimation that's going on in the room next to you and the beeping of all the instruments that you're hooked up to. You're looking at your heart rate. You see that's going up and down and wonder if that heart will ever stop because I got my stroke because of a weak heart, which I still have. Mm. And in those moments, you think, you know, it could end any moment as well. You think about your life, what you've accomplished, what you want to say to the people that are dear to you, the things that you have done wrong, the mistakes you've made and how you harmed people needlessly. And then you are by yourself. And what I did at those times, and it's still, as you can hear, every time I tell people this, I get tears in my eyes, and my voice cracks up because what I did at those times, is just I went to Facebook, went to my page, and read all the messages from friends in the community. I said, Paul, you can do this. I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. You will make it. We'll make it and once you're done, I'll be there for you and call me anytime. If there's anything you need, let me know. And one morning, I was still in the ICU, hooked up to all kinds of tubes. I could barely speak. I, I, I could barely see anything in the world because after my stroke, I also found out I needed glasses because it oh. touched my, my visual receptors. Oh, gosh. Who came to my bedside? Mike Harrison, a dear voiceover colleague to me, and Uncle Roy Jokelson. Uh, Roy, I know you're listening because you're editing this show. (laughs) I will never forget that moment that you and I came to the ICU holding a big pan of matzo ball soup and all the things we traditionally eat at Passover (laughs) to lift my spirits and to hold my hand and to look into my eyes and smile and say, Paul, you're going to make it. We're here for you, buddy. And talking about the things that have made a positive impact in my life, in my career, Those are the moments, Val. That's really when you know you you don't have colleagues, but you have friends for life. And they're there for you whenever you need them. And no matter what people say about the superficiality of Facebook, and it's really people being nasty to each other, it's also a force of good. Our community is such a force of good and healing. That gets me emotional every time. (laughs) Oh,
0: gosh. I'm over here tearing up as well. Gosh. First of all, I'm so glad that you're okay and that you're getting better every day. I'm sure it's getting better. And you are such a positive person in this industry. And you're right that the voiceover industry is such a wonderful network of people that do become your friends. And I love being a part of it. And I've loved having you on the show. It's been so great talking with you today, Paul. And you're so inspiring. And I wish you tons of luck with your new book and everything that you do. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk
1: with me. Well, I want to take a moment to tell you that I appreciate what you are doing for our community. Because you're an amazing person with an amazing story. And you're not only doing this because you're a f- full-time voiceover, but you also have a full-time job as an amazing teacher touching lives in that way as well. Teaching people European language of all things as well. <laughs> helping people to communicate and make new relationships, understand history and culture and art in a new way. Learning a new language means helping people to create neural networks that will make them more creative in many other ways. It's not just teaching people a language it's teaching people to communicate and reach out and make friends in other places in the world that people have never heard of here it is an opening of a door to many many worlds that you do through this podcast and through your work as a teacher and for who you are as a person and i can only thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my story let me end with the sales pitch here <laughs>
0: Let's finish up by having you tell our listeners how they can connect with you if they choose.
1: The simple thing is to type in NetherVoice in any browser and I bet my name will come up and my website will come up, nethervoice.com. At NetherVoice is my Instagram handle. I'm sometimes on Twitter and Twitter is also NetherVoice. Facebook, NetherVoice, it's the same thing. You can find my name as well. I'm also at Paul Strickrida on Facebook, but that's Really an account that I save for family and friends and very close colleagues because not everybody has to see my cats and dogs and other things in my life. (laughs) So I keep private and professional a little bit separated. But if you want to be inspired or if you've never heard of me and are curious about what this Dutch guy has to say about the voiceover world, there are about 350 blog posts from the past I've been writing for 15 years that are available for free that you can also subscribe to. So it saves you buying a book, saves you buying a training course, or at least if you're interested in becoming a voiceover, it will give you an idea of what life is really like, the unglamorous part, and sometimes the glamorous part, the hilarious stuff and the sad stuff. Hopefully you'll learn something about you as well and the people that you love in your life. Because it's really a blog about life through the lens of a voice actor.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Live with Squacky. Be sure to tune in next time for more exciting news and squacky fun. For more info about the Mabel 2021 Time to Grow online voiceover conference taking place on November 12th through 14th on Zoom and featuring keynote speaker Jennifer Hale and so many other talented guest speakers, visit www.midatlanticvo.com today. You can register there and find out all the up-to-date information about every guest speaker, the schedule, and everything that's involved. I'd love to see you there! Life is Quacky, who is mixed and mastered by everybody's favorite voiceover tech, Uncle Roy Okelson of Antland Productions.